Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we have our usual crew, Adam, Rhiannon, and myself, Caleb. And for those of you who are not seeing video, which would be the vast majority of you since this is a podcast, uh, you cannot see, but Rhiannon has her wall redesigned in a very beautiful way. Do you want to tell the listeners what you've got there, Rhiannon? So, I mean, you can see pictures if you go to my Twitter and scroll back to about a week ago. Uh, but I finally got my prop store auction, Fogwell's Gym Sign. And it is huge. Um, but it, it doesn't... It's metal. It's like a light aluminum. When I bought this, I didn't realize it was 15 feet long. I didn't realize quite how huge this thing was. I think I told the story in the podcast, but it was just kind of a moment of delirium. Well, and it's not even 15 long. The way the letters are, it's really 15 high. It's 15 feet high, and it's like 18, 20 inches wide. It's massive. And so it got here, and I actually have unboxing video. I didn't post it publicly, but I have a video of me like opening the box. Oh, we should put that on Patreon. So many packing peanuts, you guys. Like, I was videoing it because I knew my friends with Save Daredevil, like, really wanted to see, like, the unboxing. We've been joking about this unboxing video for two months. Yeah, we can put it on Patreon. I had, like, the Daredevil theme playing while I did it, like, the soundtrack playing, and I'm, like, unboxing this box. And then I pull one side apart, and packing peanuts just start spilling out on the middle of my floor. Like, just spilling out. And I, I like, had this moment, I was like... Do I just let them spill out and keep the video going or do I like stop it and like recalibrate? And I was like, screw it. And just like packing peanuts throughout my apartment. I mean, I I would say a solid cubic yard of packing peanuts. What the hell's a cubic (laughs) yard? I was about to say, because that's a lot easier to understand (laughs) than gallons. (laughs) Because this is a measuring piece that for my job, we teach people to measure a cubic yard. A cubic yard is about the size of a washing machine. A standard American washing machine, I would say. No, there was way more packing peanuts, because I had way more packing peanuts than that. It took me four garbage bags. Ah, so, Adam, there's a trick to the packing peanuts. They dissolve in water dumped water in the box and then i made another little like asmr video where you watch the packing peanuts just like squish like they just sort of like dissolve down what'd you do with the water i was just trying to figure out if those alligators in the new york sewers are like drinking in toxic peanuts it might have just like really uh it might have made the alligators it might have been sustenance for them. So I just sort of took the box and I sat it out on the curb. The next weekday, when the supers were all around, the box actually showed back up in the lobby of my building. Like, no, this doesn't meet our recycling requirements. Try again. So this box that had been sitting out on the New York City streets for like three days oh. was back in the building. And I'm just like, okay, I'll take it up to my apartment and I'll like slowly break it down so that it can recycle. It and all the rat turds that are in it now. <laughs> I was about to say, the minute I pulled it into my apartment, I was like, oh my god, what is living in this box? So I got, like, the knife that I have, and I just started cutting it down as much as... I would not have slept. I would have just imagined the animals crawling out of that box. 
So I like broke it all down and I like got it down small and then like recycling picked it up the next day. So the box is completely gone. The packing peanuts are gone with it. And there's the Jessica Jones auction. My main advice is uh, look at how big stuff really is. All right, listeners, take a look at your timestamp right now. That took eight minutes and 17 seconds. You'll know how much <laughs> of it I cut out based on where your timestamp is on your podcast. All right, cool. And we've got Adam, too. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, hey, good. I don't have any elaborate stories like that. It's been a boring... Actually, it hasn't been a boring week. Um, but yeah, I didn't get a big-ass sign. All right. Let's jump into our news. Uh, this week, uh, big news to start the show is we've got more dates for more Marvel movies. So... Um, Oh, this has only got the ones that were added. So we already know that next May is Black Widow and the next um, November is going to be Eternals. Uh, Shang-Chi is coming then in 2020, February. Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness is May 2020, uh, May 2021. Uh, Tom Holland's third Spider-Man is coming July 2021. Thor Love and Thunder is coming November 2021. And then we knew there was a February 2022 film. Uh, Black Panther is going to be in May of 2022. And then we also knew that there was a, um, I believe, a July date in 2022. And now we've had added to those the 7th of October 2022, 17th of February 2023, the 5th of May 2023, the 28th of July 2023, and the 3rd of November, 2023. So if that, if your head's spinning at this point, which I'm sure it is because I did that terribly, basically means two movies next year and then four for the three years after that for a total of 14 Marvel film dates uh, on the calendar. Um, guys, does this excite you to think of this much content coming your way? Oh, yeah. Exciting's totally the word I'm looking for. You're just multiplying how many articles you're going to have to write. You're like each of those movies I mean, is going to be so 250 articles. It's, <laughs> it's uh, people are treating these dates like they're there's all sorts of analysis and, and, and hot takes and and people choosing their dates and it's it's exhausting and tiring and a little bit stupid. Yeah, here we are. We're going to talk about it for a while, <laughs> aren't we? Well. Okay, but won't it be great to actually have movies to talk about when they're coming out? Rather well, than you know, like no, that would be great. All of nothing right. to talk about but speculation and rumors and analyzing dates on a calendar right. three years in the future. Right, right. That's what I'm excited about is that four years from now, I'm going to be talking about a movie instead of talking about film release dates. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, 2021 on's probably going to be four movies, four TV shows, right? Well, 2021's the eight total things plus i mean 2022 is probably at least seven you know with uh, miss marvel moon knight and she hulk um but they could very add another one but even then you know um even then four of those only go towards disney's ultimate 60 originals per year um which is totally manageable you know hell maybe th they'll split that up evenly between star wars and, and marvel and and other originals and such can you imagine eight things a year? Because the most we've ever had is three, right? Technically, on the movie side, plus plus TV stuff. Yeah, but somebody put this like, oh, this is oversaturating the market. 
But you have to remember, Netflix got to where they were pumping out four shows a year. And then Cloak and Dagger and Runaways and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was coming out. So, like, we've had years in the past where we had seven television projects and three film projects. So it's not really that much more, right? Since they're culling all the TV stuff. But the Yeah, but the vast majority of movie people didn't bother with the TV stuff. I mean, you still have a contingent of, of people on Reddit that still deny any TV shows actually being in the MCU. But so that's the thing. You look at it. Look at The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian itself with, what, 10 episodes? Or is it uh, an 8 episode? Uh, eight, I eight, can't eight. remember. It's 8 or 10, yeah. But either way, that's two months right there, you know? I mean, that's all of really all of November um, besides the first week and most of December, I think. If we give two months per show for eight episodes, you know, that's that's eight months out of the year. We'll have something every week from Marvel Studios, right? I do have suspicions that we know what most of this is. I put out a tweet earlier this week. If you go back to San Diego and all of the things that Feige mentioned, he mentioned the whatever, the five movies that they announced that day. Black Widow Eternals. Uh, Thor 4 and Doctor Strange 2 and Shang-Chi and then he also mentioned at San Diego that they were going to do he said you know very offhandedly Black Panther 2 Captain Marvel 2 Guardians of the Galaxy 3 then he said Fantastic 4 and something with mutants and then he said oh we're also going to do a Blade movie and then since then, we've gotten Spider-Man 3 and Ant-Man 3 greenlit. That's 13 movies. Like, that almost exactly fits the slate. There's only one left over. And my guess is that one will either be Spider-Man 4 or maybe another X-Men property. But when people are trying to predict this and everybody's like, I don't know, some people are throwing out like, oh, this has got enough space for, you know, uh, a Nova movie or this movie or that movie. I think that we already know what the vast majority of these are going to be, right? Right. I I saw that. I don't think it's possible we'll get Fantastic Four and X-Men both in 2023. Um, at most, the X-Men would probably be Deadpool. Man, I thought I wanted a Nova movie, but as much as people are talking about it, gee dang it. Um I don't know, you know, then I I think Charles Murphy posted something where his guesstimates had every single 2023 movie being a a cosmic movie, um, which would be dope as hell. Uh, The thing is, when are are these movies going to be announced? They're not going to be announced next year, do they? It's probably a 2021. Yeah, they'll probably announce something at 2020 San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, so the 2022 dates... No. We'll have to start filming in 2021, so they'll need to get a writer or director in 2020, right? So, well, yeah, we'll we'll find that stuff out, but they'll probably announce all of Phase Five or whatever then. Because I mean, Black Widow was filming before this year, and then they announced it. And also, I mean, we're going to have a phase, right? So this is building up to something. Is there going to be like the equivalent of Avengers at the end of the phase? Where whatever all of these properties are doing are going to come together? Is there going to be a property that pulls them together? Is it going to be something, you know, is there something that we haven't considered even? So Charles Murphy 
keeps hinting that he's heard about something major happening in May of 2024. That's a really long time away. Charles, five years. That's that's five years from now. Are they going to go five years before they do another big event movie? That would be two full phases without uh, an Avengers. They have yet to do one without an Avengers. It's interesting because I don't know if this is what he's purposefully done. But on several things I've seen him put out, he says, I can't say it's a secret. And he totally capitalizes all of secret. Capitalizes the, yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, we He's all know what it's, secret wars, what the, it's, which would be yeah. so good. Right. I don't know why he still doesn't want to flat out say it. I think we discussed with the Charleses that Charles Murphy loves to tease. He is. He's a tease. Let's talk about, can we talk about that? What if, I mean, why would they do secret wars? They won't do Fantastic Four and X-Men before Secret Wars, right? So that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, Secret Wars could be an easy way to bring in X-Men. But see, I don't want Feige to bring in Fox's X-Men. Fox's X-Men suck. I wanted to start totally over from stretch. Well, yeah, but you you could take that whole cast and it'd be fine. Um, with the producers and writers. That's the only movie that could probably top Endgame. And I, I don't think they'd do it that quick. I mean, it's still five years out. And that's the other thing. Uh, Michael T. Ford asked the OG or Hickman Secret Wars. It had to be Hickman. A lot of people are talking to... I don't know. I mean, the Russos explicitly state they want the OG stuff. Which I don't even know what that would be. Just like a big tournament type movie. That kind of has that Marvel Studios Feige stamp on it with the Beyonder and stuff. Taking this uh, character that no one gives a crap about and makes it into a, to an A-list villain. But that's that's just if it were to be the Russos and the Russos would come back, which they've said they would like to do the original Secret Wars. They also said that they wanted to do a Moon Knight TV show, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, I feel like they keep dropping hints that they like know where they're coming back. Like, it's nothing real explicit, but they keep talking about it in a way that makes me think the Russos know what they're going to do next. This crappy thing is, I uh, if I'm a betting man, they still didn't make as much making uh, Endgame and Infinity War than Todd Phillips. I mean, what do you, what's what's their salary for those movies? Certainly not $100 million, is it? I have no idea. The, the contracts are weird. Did you see this thing in THR where um, Marcus McFeely said that they had, like, all the characters... Like, they talked about all the characters' playing cards that they had on the wall or collector cards, which we knew. Right, and it had their but salaries they had like, and it stuff. Was like a, it's like menus on Google or Yelp where it's like $1 sign is affordable, $2 signs is moderate. They had like $1 to $5 signs on there to say how expensive the actor was. Huh. Or were we in, and you bring up the idea of an Avengers-type movie. Do you think there's any value, though, in letting that property and letting the Avengers and the event stuff lie fallow for a little bit? Like, because they did such a huge buildup for Infinity War and Endgame. I don't know. Maybe it's good to let it lie low for five years. Yeah. I mean, you have a point there. Um, I just really like ensemble movies. I'd like there to be more ensemble movies instead of all of the, you know, here's a character, here's a character, here's a character. Even though they do a great job. I mean, Civil War was a Captain America movie, but it was an ensemble movie. I'm sure there'll be stuff like Civil War mixed in. If we get Fantastic Four, that's a team movie. If we get an X-Force, that's a team movie. Guardians 3 will be a team movie. Eternals will be a team movie. But they're still featuring individual universes i mean 
if we do this schedule like you're saying, we have four years without repeating the same character in a f- as a headliner in a property. Yeah, with the possible exception of Spider-Man, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of different brands, a lot of different characters, a lot of different universes. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's great, but it's just, it's a lot. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys is, as people put this stuff together, I never know whether sequence matters. Like, like does Marvel look at a year and go, oh, we need to make sure there's definitely at least one cosmic movie in that year? Or would they look at a movie and go, oh, that's too many cosmic movies? As a fan, do you care, like, what the sequence is? Like, do you feel like they need to mix up genres in order or do you you know whatever order they come out it doesn't make a difference to you i mean i think we talked about this a lot when um ant-man 2 came out right after yeah infinity war i don't know i've gotten to this place where i have to sit here and go which came first infinity war and game and game at the end when ant-man 2 came out right after that like how they needed a light and fluffy you know something lighter after all of that intensity and emotion so they definitely put thought into it like that. So I don't think it's so much that they we need a cosmic and we need a, a terrestrial and we need a... Um, I think it's more, okay, this movie is going to be emotionally charged and deep. Okay, we need something else to like make them laugh after this, you know, to sort of ride that roller coaster. Adam, there's been some talk, and I think you even wrote about this on comicbook.com. Uh, that that one October date, which sticks out like a sore thumb because October, we've never had an MCU movie come out in October. I mean, they've kind of started staking out February, May, July, November is kind of their three, which fit the four financial quarters for Disney. So that kind of makes sense. Um, so the October one sticks out a bit. And I think myself and yourself, a lot of people have been jumping towards Blade being an October movie. Is that just us being silly, or you think there's real like fire behind that? There, there's no, there's no reason. There's, there's no reason to bump it up if if they weren't really gonna do a a tough marketing push around Halloween. It, it makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, we're not just talking that it, it's no longer the the first week in November, and they bumped it up to the last week in October. I mean, it's the first weekend in Oct. Uh, first weekend end October um it's almost gotta be played I, I don't know why they why they would and that's the same slot now that Venom and Joker both have taken is that right or similar like very early October yep and and that's why some people have speculated it would be a Deadpool 3 fit um just cause it's rated R but they I don't think Deadpool needs that you know, I mean, wherever they put Deadpool, the, it'll be good. Um, or it'll do well, I guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't see Deadpool falling in, in a May or July slot. Um, so it would be one of the Februarys or Novembers. Um, there's just so much stuff. I mean, Disney's been changing the schedule so much. Um, they, they announced this. Then Bob's Burgers was um, taken off the schedule. And then Bob's Burger was um, put on the schedule the very next day. Um, so, I mean, this stuff's in flux. I think you brought up somewhere that are they holding that July one for Spider-Man, except that's not 
their date to hold anyways. So may, is there going to be five in 2023 or what? You know, it's hard to believe that they would do a an early July and a late July. So maybe they would bump one to August or have Spidey in August to still get it in the, the summer schedule. Um, well, and what I said on Twitter was when you look, if you go back, they had a July 2017 date until they cut the Spider-Man deal. And then they suddenly dropped that date and didn't put a movie out. So I still think it can be a placeholder, even though it's obviously Sony who needs a movie in there, you know? Right. And that's another character. I mean, you don't need Spidey in July, do you? I think that's just a very safe bet to go up against the next Transformers or Fast and Furious or whatever the hell's coming out in summer that people go to. Godzilla 5. I think Spidey needs to be a summer movie. You need it when the kids are out of school. I kind of have in my head what Marvel wants for their different slots. And I just don't know if it's legit at all, but it's definitely going on in the back of my head. Like July is their fun adventure movies like Ant-Man, Spider-Man. Like that's when they do fun movies. And May is like the major blockbuster, their biggest movie of the year. And then November is usually more the mystical and, uh, you know, like sci-fi kind of slot. And then March and February is where you try out new properties that haven't come out yet, like Captain Marvel and Black Panther. I don't. That's maybe not the way they think about it. I just, it fits pretty well the history of the franchises. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty accurate. Well, Adam, we've managed to talk that uh, probably far more than you desired, but... <laughs> Uh, there's not a lot in news this week. Um, other than that, uh, you know, Adam, you mentioned that the Russos said they would like to do a Moon Knight episode if they have time, but they're probably not going to have time. Uh, there's been a bunch of deleted scenes that came out on the Infinity Saga DVD set or Blu-ray set. If you're uh, capable or willing to pop out $600 for that. $1,200. Oh, yeah, that's right, because now it's not the right. original price. Now it's all secondary market. Jerks' faces. That stinks. There is one more bit of TV news, but we'll get to it in a minute when we do trailers. We'll do that all at once. Is there anything else I'm missing? Is it possible there's that little news? No, uh, I mean, we could talk about some of those scenes before. I mean, apparently there's a uh, – they showed the actual Supreme Intelligence. I haven't seen it. Um, but apparently they actually showed the the big head. Which is very. How is this stuff not leaked onto YouTube? I, I don't get it. I've uh, I messaged some people, um, and they said they'd send me stuff, but they haven't. Um, there, there's some of it. I mean, I watched the um, the Thor Ragnarok deleted scene where Odin got stabbed in an alleyway. Um, there are a couple Endgame ones that have surfaced that I think are much much better. But I was the one person that didn't mind that really. Um, corny uh kneeling scene either um so i don't know as you guys know i'm a very poor uh critic um judging by my taste it does kind of bug me that marvel has all these sitting in their back pocket oh just think about how much they yeah think about how much they have if they could afford because on this bonus bonus disc there was at least one never before seen deleted scene um that they popped out save for the avengers um spider-man mutant thing we we saw before um 
So, I mean, you, I would think they have several scenes and surprises and stuff. Like that uh, Age of Ultron one with Captain Marvel was another big one. Um, but I think we knew about that. We just hadn't seen it. It just, to me, it feels kind of cynical. Like, they're like, oh, I've got all this stuff, and we'll put three of these on the DVD release, and then we'll hold back and we'll wait till a later point in time where we want to sell them something else, and we'll throw another three of those deleted scenes on. Oh, well, that's exactly we'll what it is. wait till some point when we want to sell something else. That's exactly you what know, I mean. Like, Feige flat out said that in an interview. Um, I, I can't remember what he said, but he did say, you know, eventually we'll want to do a a box set or something and we'll, we'll throw some deleted scenes on there. People haven't seen, so they'll buy it. Um, so that's, I mean, that's exactly what they're doing and they're probably going to do uh, a five year anniversary one in five years or, or some bull crap like that. Um, that's such a racket, man. That's a whole other topic. Uh, let's go ahead and move to, it's still news, but it's news slash trailers because runaways revealed uh, a new trailer this week. And it also is a trailer that let us know that this will be the final season of Runaways. I think this is surprising to absolutely no one. But nonetheless, Runaways is going to end. Uh, Are you guys sad to see it go, regardless of how expected that demise is? Nope. Not in the slightest. Especially if if it's anything like season two, I'll be applauding. Yeah, I I mean, it kind of made me sad that we were getting season three of Runaways and not season three of Cloak and Dagger. Right. But it's still kind of sad. I mean, you know. It's kind of like when Iron Fist and Luke Cage were canceled and we were like, oh, maybe they're just doing Heroes for Hire. You know, so when Cloak and Dagger was canceled, maybe they're just bringing them into Runaways. And it's like, no, no, it's just dead. It's it's still flabbergasted me. They're actually going through with Hellstrom, man. It's like, come on, just pull the plug so we can get some movies or something. And now they're going to do it and we won't ever, ever, ever see them in a movie. Now, Adam, somebody online said, I saw somebody tweet like, maybe they'll pull the plug on Hellstrom and not even show it. At this point, they filmed enough that they kind of have to put it out, right? They sunk too much into it? Yeah. I mean, they're they're far past... People are talking, well, maybe they're just filming the pilot and doing it, but who's not in the business of ordering pilots and then buying from a pilot, right? I, do they even film pilots? I think it's everything's just straight to series. I don't even think they use that terminology. I think they just buy everything in chunks. We've seen, like, uh, Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix, uh, Denight got canned or stepped down or something in the middle of the season and they're finishing that the entire creative team right um what else eric olson just took over for somebody that um where they had a similar scenario i don't even remember the show his dark materials right no carnival row carnival row um amazon yeah and hellstrom has been filming for weeks now right like we haven't got a sense that they shut it down Oh, two, almost two months, yeah. But the flip side is we're still assuming that the Marvel television stuff will be at all continuity. I mean, they could just go the DC route and Kevin could just be like, okay, our movies are here. Here's our TV universe. And Hellstrom can stay in it. But, you know, he's also going to be in this movie in 2024. No, I was just going to say, I would love something like I mean, if Feige's overlooking uh, TV now, I would like like a lower budget Um separate universe or something but if they're gonna do that they could have kept runaways or cloak and dagger 
I mean, maybe maybe they just didn't think those shows were good enough or were well watched enough. But yeah, maybe they just weren't good. I mean, Cloak and Dagger, I definitely thought was good, but I just find it unlikely that Hellstrom will be so good and so popular that it will manage to bump past whatever the criteria was that got Runaways and Cloak and Dagger killed. Oh no, it's it's canceled. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's 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 very very canceled. It's uh, it's a limited series. It's a one off. So maybe there maybe it's super super self contained with with no outside nods or teases or or what have you. Um, I don't know a lot of the, and then again a, a lot of the TV stuff that we've actually gotten has had movie scripts at one point. You know, Runaways has and Cloak and Dagger has and Iron Fist has. And once upon a time, they were developing a Luke Cage movie. So maybe Kev wants to use those characters at some point. It's hard, But, I mean, that's the thing. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that they canceled the shows only to do a separate property with all new characters and all new creatives and stuff within the next five to six years, you know? Yeah, and I'm not really sad to see Cloak and, uh, excuse me, Runaways. I'm not sad to see Runaways go because there are some things I'd still like to see from Runaways but I am not convinced I was ever going to like that show has diverged now so much from the comics. And I know that, you know, I've said on the show, I like things to be adaptations, not direct copies, but like, I just don't see this show bringing me Victor Mancha in any sort of like meaningful way. And so I don't know why I would look for it anymore. And, you know, already they've shown the Gibberim are going to be just something much less interesting than what's in the comics. And uh, they've already kind of run past the timeline to have the big, you know, traitor storyline that I expect to run away. So like, I don't know the stuff from the comics I want to see. I'm not going to see on this show anyway. So I don't really care if they cancel it. Right. But at the same time, I, mean, I, I, the hill I'll die on is Marvel has to have something on Hulu and network TV. That's why I don't know why they'd cancel. I mean, maybe Runaways, um, Hellstrom. I mean, Hellstrom's probably in its third episode, um, so so maybe there's some tweak stuff there. Um, Kevin Meyer, the the direct to consumer guy, has teased some grown up stuff, some adult stuff, especially on Hulu. Um, it's just hard. It's hard to believe that Marvel Studios won't have something on there. So maybe maybe it's it's the defenders. Uh, maybe it's and that's the thing too. So I mean, they've said I think they've reiterated something in the week or past week or two that like Hulu is going to be their adult content. Stuff from FX is going to be on Hulu the next day. Hulu's going to have adult content. Maybe the way they're looking at it is if we're going to have child friendly stuff, it's going to be stuff that's Disney Plus. If it's on Disney Plus, it's going to be our Marvel Studios stuff. So maybe the younger, maybe it's just that Runaways and Cloak and Dagger were the wrong age group. They just don't fit what they plan to do moving forward. They didn't want to incorporate them into Marvel Studios. They weren't the same quality, the same tone that a Marvel Studios production would do. But they also don't want to leave them for Hulu and ABC. Because everything over there is going to be more of their adult content. All I'd say about ABC and them having a show is they haven't had a a significant presence on ABC for years. 
I know Agents of Shields is still technically on ABC, but it's on Friday evenings in July. I mean, it is such a graveyard dump for network TV. And I know it does well in the plus sevens and on Hulu. That's fine. But if I'm an ABC exec, I'm still worried about filling those slots for, you know, my sweeps and the, you know, big prime TV season and like the new shows releasing in September of every year and all that kind of stuff. Yes, they have a a Marvel show on ABC, but it's in such a nothing time slot that it's clearly not a priority for ABC. It's been years since ABC has seriously invested in a Marvel show. So so start something new and fresh. Um, so then it could be in prime time, prime time. I mean, I Myers hear you, but something else. Why that... haven't they? Why haven't they done that? I guess is I, I don't think they're interested in it based on the fact they're not doing it. Yeah, we're talking Agents of Shield's been around seven years now. Well, way more than seven years, seven seasons, I guess. I just think it was I don't know, man. Um, Myers said something else like that too about the. Uh, about they don't want to compete with with network or something like that. That's another paraphrase, but he, he did make it clear that it, they do want content that way. I guess they don't want to kill off their their networks um, with what they're doing on on Disney Plus and Hulu. So I, th- maybe maybe it'll be reruns or something that's that's been on another networks or something i don't know i just think it maybe will take a year or two off but eventually something will find its way back to abc let's actually talk about that runaways trailer because we we quickly got into the further marvel tv discussion did you guys see the trailer any thoughts on it nope i didn't know there was a trailer i only got the cancellation news okay well i will monologue then about the trailer there was a trailer, and it's got Cloak and Dagger, and the best part is Tandy and Nico uh, making fun of each other back and forth. That was pretty good. I found myself how much more I like Tandy than Nico was pretty clear as I watched that trailer. Uh, I don't know. Elizabeth Hurley, Morgan Le Fay, Magic, lots of weird mystical smoke. They leaned in pretty heavy into the... Uh, who, which aliens have possessed what people's bodies? Oh no, darkness is overtaking Nico. Uh, Gert's gonna get her telepathic control of old lace, which is interesting. So I just watched some of it, and I'm shocked, like how much they're leaning on the tie and Tandy. Like, oh yeah, particularly because they're just in one episode, right? That's what we've heard. I think that one episode is gonna be like the crown jewel of a season of crap. <laughs> Sorry, it's just kind of what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, and Elizabeth Hurley is, I, yeah, I just don't think she, she doesn't strike me that she's going to be a compelling villain. But maybe it'll be good. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel like we're just like we've given up on this show already. It's a, it's dead in the water. I'm so excited to see out. Ty and Tandy again. How about that? In Elizabeth Hurley's defense as well, I'm not sure if someone watched that trailer and said Elizabeth Hurley, yuck. That, yes. No, I mean, yeah, I just, I'm not sure there's a lot of character development going on there. All right, so we'll just keep on kind of talking. Uh, I thought for a main conversation today, um, the TV stuff is now almost completely in the rearview mirror. I mean, we still Hellstrom, but we have not seen Hellstrom before. 
And, you know, we've talked about, do you want to bring these TV shows back or not? And we've, you know, I think we beat that to death. We've all said, yes, we'd love to see Daredevil again. And no, we don't want to see, you know, Karnak the pot dealer again. But speak for yourself. (laughs) Um, I guess what I'm interested in is, okay, so now moving forward, Feige has all these characters. Um, first of all, how long do you think he waits to bring this stuff back? Like you guys were just hinting at it a minute ago, like runaways we'll take as an example. If they did a runaway show on Disney plus next year, it would feel very too soon and too confusing with what's come before. How long do they need to wait before they bring this stuff back out? I feel like something like runaways, you wait two or three years and I mean, there weren't a lot of adults watching, you know, like it had a younger, I think the things that skewed younger, you could reboot sooner because just your, you know, let's say it's 11 to 15 year olds are the prime market for it. They'll be older and the new 11 year olds will have no idea what that was. So you could bring it back more quickly. Um, and I, I mean, I think like your less popular characters, I mean, let's be honest, they could reboot Iron Fist this week and in humans and it won't matter. Like it would make people sad because they'd assume that the other characters are obviously being rebooted, but nobody will be confused that you have a different Iron Fist or not a large enough chunk of the population that it would impact tickets or viewership um i mean i really think the only one that they would have a hard time rebooting from the television i mean assuming the agents of shield and agent carter are somewhat mcu studios canon like that they wouldn't have a new phil colson um that would just be weird um i mean i really think daredevil's one of the only ones from the Marvel television stuff. I mean, I think also like you couldn't, I, you would need some time with uh, David from Legion. Like if you had a new David Holler soon, I think the universe would be so different that it probably wouldn't matter. But I also, it's not like they're going to try to recreate whatever that was. Also, I think you need a professor. It worked because of Legion being so siloed by itself. I think you need a Professor X before you have a Legion in an interconnected universe. Yeah, so I think there's very few properties that they couldn't reboot soon. I think the character of Daredevil and the character of Kingpin would be hard to reboot in the near future without people... Yeah, you know, enough people know those characters um, and associate them with those actors very fondly. I think I would not want to be someone signing up to try to be the Punisher anytime soon either, other than John Byrne. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that. Adam, do you have a thought on like how long something needs to go before it gets brought back? Nah, they'll they'll do whatever and they'll make it work. Um, however, I win. You know, whenever, whatever the weight that's legally required, you know, um, 
I don't know. I, I don't think they'll bring back anything with the same continuity. Um, they might bring back the same actors and the same cast, but I do think it will be other continuity um, or almost new origins or something of that nature. I, I, I think it's uh, slim chances we do see Daredevil come back or Luke Cage come back with the same setup, I guess. Um, just because that's going to cause more headaches than than necessary. Um, but on the flip side, there's there's so much stuff they can still do um, with without needing to reboot something. You know, um, there, there's Power Pack. They've they've rumored Nova. They've rumored at one point Ravagers. They they've rumored uh, Thunderbolts. Um, you, you know, Scarlett Johansson said something about a black widow franchise um uh, but then again there, there there's more more platforms um with marvel studios and it's completely unprecedented so i guess i don't know you know maybe they bring back everything just the way it was and cabbages wants his own showrunners and, and writers um or maybe they don't bring back anything at all and wipe the entire slate clean um, I, I do think they will eventually bring some back. Like, like you said, John Bernthal, it's, it would be very, very tough to recast John Bernthal. Is there any of these TV properties that you look at and you just say, no, I don't want that. Re-? Like, obviously we all love Daredevil. We'd love to see Daredevil again, but is there anything that's been on TV that we go, it's not whether they could pull it off or whether they do something good. I'm just, I'm just not interested. I've had my fill of that TV show. And I don't need to see any more of it for a while. Probably the ABC shows for me. Um, yeah, I don't need totally more. saturated with Agents of Shield. Um, I know everyone wants a Quake spinoff, but I think I've I've had enough. Her arcs past done. Um, certainly done with Agent Carter. I I feel like Runaways. While you touched on the fact that they didn't do the original storyline and they left out a lot of really good stuff from the comics. I don't feel like I need to go back and give that another chance. Like, I'm not sure a reboot would make it better right now. Um, That's almost one that I would like to see in a Marvel Studios hands, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like, I, I feel like Feige would do it right. Um, But I don't need to see it. Well, and it's interesting because the way Brian K. Vaughn kind of wrote that comic and even the way it's written i feel like to this day it's always been kind of siloed off by itself so like runaways in the mcu to me is just not as appealing because the crossovers aren't as important yeah they have the cloak and dagger crossover and you know cap shows up once or twice but i don't like i've never like when you have a major event it's not like in civil war old lace ever like you know (laughs) jumped into the fray or something like they just are kind of in their own place I mean, but if we wanted to, I mean, I mean, if we wanted to look at it that way, I could see Runaways being associated with um, Kate Bishop Hawkeye because she's a West Coast girl. I feel like it could be interconnected with that universe. Like maybe it's not in the comics. In the comics, it was always kind of a standalone. But I think if they're trying to make the world broader and they're trying to give it some some different feels and and some pep. And they need that light and fluffy stuff. 
I think it might be a good comp, you know, a good thing to go along with like the Kate Bishop Hawkeye type tone. I'm in agreement with Adam. I just, I think shield we've had enough. I just yeah. cannot see. And part of that's because they're, you know, fury and Maria Hill have been in the movies and stuff too. I just don't, I don't need to see any more of shield shields fine. And it's served a purpose, but I'm done. I mean, if you wanted to do sword or like an alpha flight type thing, not like Canadian alpha flight, but like outer space alpha flight. Um, I could be up for something like that, I guess. But even if I think about alpha flight's gotta be Canadian. I'll stop you right. It's gotta be Canadian. They're just Canadians in outer space. Right, Canadians in outer space. Cause you want someone that friendly and polite. If you're going to be, you know, stuck in a space station with them. Right. But yeah, like that I would be into, but even like Hickman's secret warrior stuff, I don't know. I don't want to see it. I, I, we've had plenty of shield shield is done. Runaways was the other one I'd go to. I think I've seen enough runaways to keep me happy for a long time, but like cloak and dagger, that's something where if they could like somehow boot those characters into the Spider-Man continuity now, I'd be pumped. Like, I think that'd be incredible. Right. I will say we do Marvel studios needs to do a legends of tomorrow type show. Um, have either of you guys haven't watched that yet, have you? I don't want to say Z-List. I, there's there's a rotating cast for the most part. Um, like every 10 episodes or something, they'll bring on a temporary hero or something. Um, but I just think that'd be a, a fun opportunity for them to showcase a bunch of lesser-known characters without dedicating an entire series to them or dedicating an entire franchise to them. They could have the Darkhawks, the... Um, that's the only reason I want is for the Darkhawk, to be honest. Like a new... Do it with New Warriors. You know, that'd be that'd be a perfect property to do. You could have the Night Thrashers and the Squirrel Girls and the... Um, not Novas. Um, so on and so forth. Um, the Microbes. Um, the Debris. Uh, things like that. Um... I have no idea if they'd ever do that. It would satisfy the whole team up aspect. Um, the whole, um, lesser known characters that will never, ever get a movie aspect or show. Um, I just think, plus it's, it's goofy as hell. Um, so that is one thing Marvel could learn from the Arrowverse. The other thing I think is interesting is with this influx of X-Men and fantastic four stuff, it just makes Feige not have to rush to any of these TV properties that are canceled. Like he has so much in his back pocket already with the X-Men and the fantastic four and silver surfer and all that stuff. You know, I mean, he could save all the defenders, Netflix, Marvel Knights kind of things. And that could be, you know, like his trump card for phase eight of the MCU, like the thing to bring fans back after they start getting bored of all the stuff they're doing now. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how they pick and choose what TV stuff they bring back fast and what they don't. Rhiannon, I was thinking, so I know you want to see, um, Charlie Cox back as daredevil. If they don't do that, how long would you want to have to wait before you see another version with another actor? Do you never want to see it or do you need like time to, to, to let it rest? At that point, it's not necessarily if I would or wouldn't want to see it. 
um, based on the actor, how long it's rested. What I want from the adult television, whether it's, you know, if they're doing more Jessica Jones, if they reboot Jessica Jones, if they're doing a, um, I mean, for whatever they're doing with She-Hulk, whatever, I want intricate adult mature storylines. I want, I want from a Daredevil story, if they reboot it and give him a movie, as I've always said, I would be unhappy. It doesn't matter how long we wait. Because I feel like it's a character that you need to get to know pretty deeply to sort of understand because he's weird. I mean, and we'll see how well they handle something like that with Moon Knight. I care less about how long we wait and more that they give us some sort of long form storytelling with him. And hopefully do a different story direction. I mean, give us some of the, I mean, there's plenty of Daredevil villains that they haven't touched yet. All right, let's hit the mailbag. Uh, a couple things on the website. Uh, Love Waffle uh, reminded us of, uh, I mentioned the Fantastic Four cartoon last week, and he was just encouraging people to listen to the uh, theme song to the Fantastic Four th- uh, cartoon, which is, uh, it's something special, let me tell you. Uh, it's pretty cheesy. It's awesome. Uh, and then Love Waffle was talking about something that I think maybe we could talk about for a second. Uh, he mentioned how the Mandalorian episodes were both pretty short. And he said, if this is anything to go by, there is a chance that the Marvel Studios Disney Plus miniseries are not going to be six hour series. They're going to be under four hours long. In other words, if WandaVision is six episodes and the episodes are as long as Mandalorian episodes, it's actually going to be just a slightly long movie, uh, particularly since WandaVision, and he spelled it your way, Rhiannon, WandaVision, uh, is a classic sitcom aesthetic. Those could be like, you know, those could even be like 22, 25 minute episodes. Um, and so, and there's kind of back and forth with him and Dave on the website, but he's basically saying that it's possible that some of these mini series that Marvel's putting out are actually just going to be glorified movies. Adam, have you heard like what runtime is going to be on these things? Is, is this possible? Could they be Mandalorian esque length episodes and, we're really only getting a three and a half hour WandaVision movie. Sure, why not? Um, obviously, Mandalorian's been a pretty good test, and it's uh, as far as we can all tell, you know, um, it's nothing short of event programming. It's not different than um, like Game of Thrones, where everyone's eating it up on social media. Um, I think it's. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any complaints about the length of the episodes, I guess. I was kind of surprised when I saw the credits running like 34 or 35 minutes this past weekend. Um, or this past week, I guess. Um, why not? Yeah, I mean, there's never been an hour-long sitcom, has there? So I'm not sure why, why WandaVision would be. So maybe instead of the trilogies we've previously speculated about, it's... Just a long-ass movie. Um, that's totally possible, too, I guess. As someone who's watched The Mandalorian, do you get done with the episodes and you feel, like, upset or cheated that it was only 34 minutes? Or is you don't, or do you care as long as it's good? I haven't cared yet. Um, I, I'm almost obligated to watch it, in a sense. I mean, I'm not, like, a, a Star Wars theorizer. I mean, I could give two craps less about what happens. Um, so maybe I'm not the right person to ask that question, but 
Um, I mean, so far, I, I haven't felt cheated. Um, I haven't minded the storyline. I haven't mind of uh, the uh, um, content um, or the characters so far. I mean, even in the hour, the hour and ten minutes we've gotten so far, um, I mean, we've seen already seen some pretty good um, character development in the Mandalorian themselves, right? So we'll see. It's all an experiment. The thing is, we have no idea what... Um, how these Marvel Studios shows are going to be, right? At least with The Mandalorian, they've had Filoni, who's done TV before. Cool. Uh, other things, just checking out Twitter real quick. Thanks to Ash Crafty for, I uh, said we had a great episode on the podcast that we did with the Murphy's Law. Uh, Uberku, uh, we looked back at the MCU Exchange stuff with them. He said, you guys were firing a few years ago with MCU Exchange. There were a lot of people getting early those stories when MCU was hitting its stride around Winter Soldier, Guardians, and Civil War. Plus, the Road 2 series from Charles was hitting big on YouTube. So, thanks, Uberku. Yeah, that was the... Uh, that was cool. Um, that's about it for Twitter. Thanks for everybody that keeps following us and liking us and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we continue to build all that stuff. Also, someone sent us something about a Deadpool Build-A-Bear... Do not want to hear my old man's sanctimonious feelings on Deadpool and children's merchandising. I do face painting at my kids' school sometimes, like for like their like field day, and I'll do superhero faces, you know, like as like the face painting. But if kids ask for Deadpool, I'm like, no, you're seven. You don't get Deadpool. I'm sorry. It's not appropriate for your age. You can go tell your mom I said That's... that too. <laughs> right. I have no idea where this R-rated Deadpool, where this R-rated Deadpool stuff even comes Rob from. Rob Liefeld, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no, I mean, like even even comics, they're just stupid and corny. They're never really overly gross and expletive-y. Right, right, right. Explicit. Yeah, I just assume the kids only know it from the movies, and you know. I don't know. Well, if yeah, seven-year-olds first... shouldn't be going to those movies. Right, exactly. That's my thing, but. Build a bear for Deadpool. I don't know. Build a bear like is aimed directly at like six year olds. That just doesn't seem appropriate to me. Do you like press the hand and like it makes gunshot noises? Or what? I don't know. They do make little like things that you can put in the build a bear. Have you ever done build a bear, Adam? I have when okay. I was a child. Oh, There's you're one in oh Iowa. Believe it or not. Oh, oh. <laughs> what? I, I know. I'm like. I wished Build-A-Bear existed when I was a child. Was, you're so young, Adam. They didn't have Build-A-Bear when I was a kid. Yeah, you guys are old. You guys could both be my parents, probably. <laughs> no. Maybe. Wait. First of all, I don't think uh... either of us are that old. But second of all, if we were both your parents, there would be a lot of explaining to go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could be. I mean, I'm just saying, you know. Yeah. Oh. No. All right. Yeah, you guys have Build-A-Bear? No, man. I mean, I was older. I think I was... I, I mean, I was not Build-A-Bear age when Build-A-Bear opened. I remember Build-A-Bear opened, and I have a memory of being there. I think I was in college, maybe? Sounds like Adam was I, going I, through as a teenager. Adam was a 13-year-old getting his Build-A-Bear. No, no, I was a little too old. I was middle school, I think, because I went with... Um, my mom's daycare, we went. And I remember, I'm like, oh, I don't know. 
I'm a little too old for this. I was like six. All right, let's Wikipedia this. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been there when a bear was being made. So, like, I have an understanding of that you can put something. Or maybe that was just a couple of years ago. I don't know. Time. Build a bear was founded in 1997. So yeah, so I was four. Okay, fair enough. And it was founded in the Midwest, so it probably got to you faster than it would have got to the coast. The first thing ever, besides corn and pork chops. <laughs> and obesity. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Mike doesn't know what Build-A-Bear is. Um, Mike, well, you um, go you there build a and bear. you build a bear. Yeah, and you can put clothes on it and noises inside. They have you can like, like, little choose the stuffing. Empty bear suits. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like and... bear skins just like on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of morbid, and some of them are bloody and stuff. But, you know. <laughs> and then you put it up to like a hose. You like, I, I'm not kidding, Mike. You basically stick a hose up the bear's butt and put stuffing into it. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you have a little heart that you like put warm wishes into, and then you put the heart in the bear, and then they sew up its back. And then you can add like a voice box. You can record a voice box. My mom always wants to do that, which just means. Three years later, I have a creepy, like, bad recording of my mom's voice. You know, like, hi, I love you. You know, like, because it gets all distorted. Someday she's going to pass away, and the only recording of her voice we're going to have is a terrible built up bear. All right, let me do this real quick. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Uh, oh, God. We enjoy it. <laughs> we love that you listen to it. Thanks for supporting the show. Thanks for everybody that helps us out. We'll see you. Uh, uh, probably in two weeks. I think we're going to take next week off for Thanksgiving. That's my executive decision. Uh, see you guys later.